So we just finished the book of Ruth. And because it's the first Friday and we just finished the book, we're going to do something topical. And we, I usually love to do books of the Bible, but because it's the first Friday, I want to do something a little bit different. And I want to talk about how, uh, how do we survive and thrive and flourish in a time like this, in a time of COVID, in a time of a great chaos. If you remember from the book of Ruth, it was a time of chaos and a time of uncertainty. And I feel very much like this is a similar situation of a big time of uncertainty, of chaos, of restrictions, of difficulty. Um, people's, the church has shut down for a long time and opened up and there were restrictions on hotels and our jobs. My job went online for a long time and then we thought we were going to go back and now we're back online. My son, uh, he just had 10 days of quarantine and his whole class got shut down because of COVID and he went, to, went back to school this week. I was so happy. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Tuesday night, like right before bed, we got emails saying, oh, he's uh, another person with diagnosed with COVID, no class for the next 10 days. And I was so upset and stressed because you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just such, a, such a stressful experience because you just don't know. Every day is different, right? The government can say whatever they want, right? Your job can say whatever they want, and you have no control. We have, I feel like there's no control, right? We never had control, right, to trust Jesus, but before COVID, you felt like you, at least in your mind, believed you had some control. But I think COVID is teaching us that, you know, there's very little control we have over. So how do we flourish? How do we thrive? I talked to my wife, like, just joking, half joking, half serious, like, are we going to make it? Am I going to make it? Are you going to make it? Are we going to survive? She says, you know, maybe, probably. <laughs> don't know. Um, and I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. I want to flourish. And uh, I just have two simple points about how do you survive? This could be a much longer sermon, but it's going to be very short. Um, the first thing is that we need to kind of slow down one way to thrive and to survive and to flourish in this time is to slow down from all the busyness of life. And it says in Genesis 2, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work, all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from his work that he had done in creation. So we see that God himself rested. Right? In six days he made the whole universe. God doesn't need to rest, God doesn't need to sleep, but he chose to rest. And I think that rest is not just sleeping, because God doesn't sleep. So I think we need a time where in our lives where we are resting, not just in terms of speaking, but resting our minds, resting our hearts, having times of silence and solitude. This is actually a very 
very ancient practice among the early patristics, the early Christians, to the first 500 years. There is a, a lot of uh, prayer word, the idea of just quieting our hearts and minds. But we, we seem to have lost this today. And to simply pray and to breathe and to be quiet. And we know from the Bible that Jesus himself spent time alone. Right? It said he, you know, when he, he would often withdraw to lonely places, it says, right, into the desert to have time with the Lord, to have time. Because he was a busy ministry machine with thousands of people around him, as his disciple, many people. But he withdrew to lonely places, I think, to get that rest. Because Jesus, as the man, is a human and is not, you cannot run 24 7. And if you also think about it, he probably spent hundreds of hours with his disciples walking, right? He didn't have a car. So all around Galilee, all around to Jerusalem, back several times in his ministry, it took probably hundreds of hours. So during all that time, just walking to place to place, spent a lot of time with his disciples, but also probably spent a lot of time just processing, thinking, right? He had that unhurried uh, and in some of these situations, walking from place to place 15, 20 miles by foot, that's going to take a whole day, maybe even more. So I believe that Jesus had his time to settle his thoughts and his emotions and his behavior. And we know in the past that people lived slower, all people, right? They didn't have phones, they didn't have cars, there was no giant supply chain managing everything 24-7. There's an agricultural society for most of human history. Most of human history was like that. A much slower, you work from sunup to sundown, but you were probably working by yourself, not as much uh, busyness and noise. So there's a story in the uh, about a guy named Jonathan Edwards, who was a uh, 18th century theologian and preacher in America. And he was a very busy guy, but he, even in his 18th century, he would spend about two hours every day scrubbing down his horse, right? Because he went by horseback, and it takes time. So even a great creature like this had time, he, he had to make time to scrub down his horse so his horse wouldn't get, wouldn't get injured or wouldn't have be sweaty. But in this modern world, you don't have time for anything, right? You know, and I just think just the, probably the, one of the most stressful parts of my job is driving to work and back. Right, it is so busy. You're on all the time from the moment I wake up. Right, so there's there's traffic, there's information. I'm getting emails in the middle of the night. Right, my phone is being and, and buzzing and making sounds. And I gotta check them because my brain is addicted to this. Right, I gotta see who this is. Right, there's just never any urgency because of technology, which is a blessing. It's a good thing. But it's also, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because now we're always on the hook, we're always on the chain. People calling me, people texting me, wanting answers right away. We need to be available 24-7. But that's dangerous because we are, there's no rest in that. There's no rest, there's no Sabbath in that. So I believe that our bodies and our minds need rest, right? If you go to the gym, 
Believe it or not, I actually go to the gym regularly. I don't look like it, but I do. And um, if I just lifted it all the time and did weights and never took a break and did it every single day, the same muscle groups, it would blow up my muscles and I wouldn't grow. Right? It's the same thing with our minds. Our minds are no different. Like Jesus, he withdrew to lonely places. He had time to process information. He was present. You know, I knew that Jesus was, was in the moment a lot. You know, I'm often not in the moment. I'm always thinking about other things. Right? I'm distracted by my phone, by other things, like I said. But I think Jesus, when he was healing people, when he was praying for people, he was there. He was fully 100% there. There's one scripture from... In the book of John says this. This is a story of Martha and Mary. It's a very familiar story. And she, Martha, had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Right? This is, this, is a, this is a great scripture for people who are busy and anxious and troubled. And she's saying, Jesus, tell her to help me. Help me out here. I don't know what's going on. You know, you have, you have the wrong space. Like, she's chosen to be present fully and listen to my teaching the most important thing. And we often let the, 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 the important things, the urgent things, take over the greatest things in our lives. I also, I also overthink a lot. Maybe you're like me. I overthink either the future or the past. I either think, what's going to happen next? I think I have a plane tickets for the summer. There's a vacation coming up on my day to do. make plans and play dates. Or in the past, like, man, why did I say that to my, to my boss? And I replay it over and over again in my mind. In my mind. It's, of course, it's okay to play for the future. It's okay to reflect on the past. But sometimes we become obsessive, right? It distracts us. Right? I can be playing with my kids. I've been this many times. I can be playing with my kids, but my mind is thinking about something that maybe had already happened or something that will happen. I'm trying to predict every scenario. And I'm totally not engaged with them. And that's not thriving, right? That's not engaging. So I think we need to slow down to thrive. Have some undistracted time. There are times where I've been trying, after the kids go to bed, to just sit on the couch, now I have my phone in front of me. That's my, my defaults. Grab this, read article after article, fill my mind. Sometimes I need a rest. I just focus on what am I thinking? What am I feeling? How did the day go? Just resting those thoughts. Sometimes I'll do some stretching. From the stretching, just focusing on the stretch of my body. Breathing. Because we often, there's tension in my body. 
that's like I get to a feeling, but because I'm running myself so ragged, I don't even know what that is. And when I slow down, I think, oh, you know what? Actually, this really upset me today. And I can bring that to, to Jesus. Bring that to the Lord. But I don't even know where I'm going through, what I'm feeling. I won't be able to do that. I also another thing that I do is I keep a list next to me when I'm when I'm doing this, when I'm, I'm reading the Bible, when I'm praying. I keep a list next to me because all these thoughts, these distractions come into my mind constantly. So what I do is I write them down. So I can like take them away from my, my to-do list, my busy list for the day. And it's there. And then it allows me to get back into focusing on uh, prayer or meditation or relaxation. Whatever I'm doing, I can just put that aside for a minute. I also do something, this is just a suggestion for you. I do I do journal journal writing every day, most every day, maybe five, six days a week. And I just allow my mind to all the things that I'm processing and thinking and feeling, I just get them out. Some of they just get jumbled in my head. I'm thinking about them constantly. When I write them down, I feel like they kind of go out from me. And we need rest. In order to heal, to express, and we bring it to the Lord. So that leads to my second point: is that to thrive, we need to thrive, resting, slowing down, physically, emotionally. And the second point: we need to seek Jesus to thrive. And it says this in verse Matthew in Matthew eleven twenty thirty. It says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we see that Jesus is the one who gives rest. Jesus gives us rest. Not a, not a taskmaster. Not me, not driving us. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And one of the reasons is that Jesus does the work. Right? Jesus is the one who lived a perfect life. Who died in our place for us. He lived perfectly. He lived under the law. And he died. For us in our place, for my sins, for your sins, the things we could not do. We cannot do enough to please God on our own. So Jesus died. God punished Jesus for my sins and for your sins. So that when Jesus, when God looks at us, he sees the righteous light of Jesus. He doesn't see Chris with all his foibles and weaknesses and sinfulness, but he sees the righteousness of Jesus. And Jesus rose from death victorious. But often I don't feel like that. I feel like I need to work hard for myself, for the kingdom. Maybe for Jesus' kingdom, maybe for my own kingdom. Either way. 
right? We're doing more and more and more than we've ever done before. We're so busy, I'm so busy. I always I take on projects. Why do I do that? I told my wife, don't let me do any more projects, any more silly things or ideas. Please stop me, right? I always say, oh, I can do this, I got this. When it happens, when I do those things, I have no time. I have no rest. I don't think about anything. It's like we're going 100 miles an hour. I get up 5.30 in the morning, make breakfast, get Ellie out of bed. I help them get dressed. I eat with them. I get up in the morning. I go to work myself. I teach my class, work on my sermon, come home, play with the kids, go to bed, maybe watch a show with my wife and have a small conversation with her, and I just do it over and over again. It does not sound like the victorious Christian life. Sounds like exhausting. It is exhausting. And what we do is we usually do one or two things. We either put in kind of person or we either we're gonna push so hard, we're gonna get these things off our plate, right? We're gonna force ourselves to do everything on our to-do list. We're just gonna make it happen, we're gonna get it done. The problem with that is that it that will cause you to have fast burnout, right? Because it never ends. The to-do list in our life will never end. We will die long before our to-do list finishes. Or if you're like a super motivated person, it will 